Salam Salam from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 1st of September, 2022. Here's a quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. After months of relative stability in the Tigray region due to a ceasefire, the Ethiopian government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, are unfortunately fighting again. Just after both parties expressed their interest to negotiate and end the war peacefully, the conflict resumed. Currently, clashes are ongoing, and the international community is urging both parties to lay down their arms and negotiate. Some countries and international organizations, such as the EU, the UN, and the African Union, expressed their concern and said they wanted the conflict to end immediately. On Thursday the 25th, local NGOs also joined the international community in urging the warring parties for peace. The Ethiopian Civil Society's Organization Council and the Center for Advancement of Rights and Democracy stressed the importance of peace and called for international laws to be respected. However, the war raged on. This past week, the government and the TPLF have both reported airstrikes. The executive said that the TPLF's airstrikes have injured and killed civilians in the Afar region, whereas the TPLF said the government's airstrikes have killed children in Tigray's capital, Mekele. On Saturday, the 27th, the Ethiopian Defense Force said it had left Kobo because the TPLF was attacking them by deploying youngsters and children in waves. The Defense Force said that the TPLF is planning on fighting brutal battles in cities, which would endanger civilians. Cities in the Amhara region close to the battlefield like Desi, Woldia, and Haik have imposed curfews. Now, speaking of the TPLF, last week we told you that the World Food Program, or WFP, said that the TPLF stole half a million liters of oil from the WFP's warehouse in Mekele. The U.S. Agency for International Development, or USAID, has condemned the robbery. The USAID's administrator, Samantha Power, said that this act was unacceptable and told the front to return the oil. The TPLF responded to these accusations this past week by saying that they didn't steal the petrol. They claimed that they had lent oil to the WFP and that they had only taken back what the WFP had borrowed. The TPLF added that it has a written contract to confirm this and is going to use the oil to power hospitals, and other essential services. Now let's move on to some updates on the Kurage zone controversy. Now you remember that in our previous episode, we told you that a significant part of the zone's population said it would like to become a region on its own, and that the zonal government banned strikes a few weeks ago. However, it doesn't seem like all of the residents are complying as they striked again in the zone's capital, Okite, on Thursday the 25th. Many residents have told media outlets that the police of the southern region is arresting citizens. The police responded that they arrested individuals suspected of inciting violence. How is Addis doing? Food, oil, and other commodities prices have been soaring in the capital this year, and that's why a few months ago, the city administration outlawed rent price increases. This prohibition to evict tenants and increase rent has been extended for another six months. The city administration set up hotlines to report landlords that have raised prices or evicted tenants. Now, in unrelated news, Bardar University, located in the capital of the Umhara region, gave an honorary doctorate to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church's Archbishop of the Northern Wolo Diocese, His Holiness, Father Aramias, for his contributions as an exemplary leader and exemplary elder and religious leader. 
Former legendary athlete and current Athletics Federation President Dara Tutulu also received an honorary doctorate for her contribution in the athletics field. She led the team that came in second overall in the World Athletics Championship about a month ago. Now, speaking of world-renowned athletes, Ayla Gebre Selassie, an athlete turned businessman and now one of the richest individuals in the country, will open a five-star hotel in Addis. The hotel will be the latest addition to his hotel chain, the Haile Resorts. The chain will also open three new hotels in Woleta, Debre Berhan, and Konso. Haile plans on building another mass resort in Gorgora with a budget of 1 billion bear, around 20 million U.S. dollars. Now let's go back to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church's patriarchs for a second. His Holiness Father Matthias was in D.C. for a month receiving medical treatment. The Patriarch's office told media outlets that he is completing his treatment and will return to Ethiopia on the 6th of September. On that note about health, COVID-19 cases are at an all-time low. This past week, only 58 new cases have been recorded, and even though there are more than 14,000 active cases, the Ministry of Health has reported only one death in the past two weeks. Now, a few months ago, we told you that the National Bank banned the use and transfer of cryptocurrencies in the country. However, last week, the Information Network Security Administration, or INSA, the government cybersecurity agency, has called on crypto service providers to get registered at the agency. And they have until Saturday the 8th of September to get registered. The administration said that it will take measures against service providers if they're unable to apply for registration for the deadline. However, this doesn't mean that now crypto can be used as currency since the national banks still said that Burr is the only legal currency in Ethiopia. Now in some sports news. The much-anticipated Football Federation election was held last Sunday, the 28th, in Addis, even though the election was initially planned to be held in Gondar. The abrupt change of venue caused backlash, but the Federation went forward with it. Seas Jira stood for re-election pulled off a landslide victory. However, after the results were announced, Isaias said that the day before the election, his competitors had been lobbying. FIFA's president, Gianni Infantino, congratulated Isaias and promised to help Ethiopian football grow. Dr. Dana Chunageru was elected as vice president. Now moving on. Safaricom, the only private telecom services provider in Ethiopia, has said that it would begin operations months ago. However, it finally began testing operations in Diredawa on Monday the 29th. The company's CEO, Anwar Sousa told the reporter newspaper that the company will roll out phone calls and internet servers in Addis in about a month. Anwar said that there was a delay because the agreement with Ethio Telecom wasn't included on time. He added that because of global inflation, Safaricom doesn't expect to make profits for the next five years. In related news, the Ethiopian Communication Authority Director, Engineer, Balcha Reba, said that if Safaricom doesn't cover 25% of the country's total market by April 2023, the government will audit the company and impose penalties. Now, before we wrap up the edition, we wanted to tell you about Ethiopia's calendar system. Now, you may think that we're in August 2022, but according to Ethiopian calendar, we are still in 2014. But that's not all. The calendar has 13 months instead of 12, and each month has 30 days except for the 13th. The last month, which is called Puagme, only has five days, and this year's Puagme will start on Tuesday the 6th. And five days later, on Sunday the 11th, the new Ethiopian year will be celebrated. Now that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Now we did our part, and now we want your opinion. Did we get things right? Did we miss something? Tell us at ethiopia at rorschach.com. Ciao.